Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? We're back kicking it in the Rumpus Room. Wishing everybody out there a happy holidays. Good. Uh, hope you're having a good holidays. It's the yeah, first line in every email that every comes email. out. Yeah, it's the greatest one because then <laughs> it's free. After, if it's before, you know, I hope you had a good weekend or I hope you have a good weekend. If you email somebody on Wednesday, you're pretty much just fucked. Yeah, you're just like, I hope you fucked. Okay. I, I hope <laughs> I, I hope your life isn't miserable right now. Uh, it's almost, hope it's you're not dying Thursday. like I am inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, see, there's always the hope yeah. thing. The huh, 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 soften the email and yeah. then comes. That's why I like the New Year's because I always started off with Happy New Year and then I think Happy Holidays is a little bit of a cop out because, you know, the whole Merry Christmas backlash. Oh man, I just I stick with like hope hope the year's rounding out well for you. <laughs> yeah. You try to circumnavigate the point all together. I mean I don't know. I don't know what to say. Christians. Jews. What are you? Yeah. What do you prefer? It's so bad. Yeah. Well, the, we had the holiday party this last weekend, and I know we, uh, we squawked about the holiday party last episode, How so I can give an update. Well, it went pretty darn well. Um, at about 9, I don't know, 9.15, right when things were starting to get rolling, mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend and I last year sang Bohemian Rhapsody at the, um, at the company's uh, two-year anniversary party, and... So the CTO, who who is the MC of the karaoke or karaoke, I don't know how karaoke you, karaoke. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, she he goes, he's like, all right, Adam, you ready? Bohemian Rhapsody, and I, um, I I just said, no, 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 I don't think so, man. And he just played the music <laughs> and then gave me a microphone, and I was like, well, I can't, I can't stop. All now. right, you know, here we go. So I dove in, and the next five minutes and 30 seconds of absolute face-melting performance, naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, So when you do karaoke, are you, do you get into like a power stance and just rip it out? What's your no, style? No, no, no. I'm a big work the crowd guy. Okay. Big into props, big into working the crowd. The thing with Bohemian Rhapsody, too, is it's actually it's a, a it's such a long song, and there's tons of, of instrumental breaks. And a lot of, which sometimes instrumental breaks are good for everybody. Yeah, sometimes they're great, and sometimes it just drags, and you're like, okay, we know you suck at this. So if it's an instrumental break, you got to break it. That's when you break out the, crazy, the creativity. Dance, the dance moves, the crowd pleasers. So yeah, there you go. You know, pour some pepper on somebody's head or something. You do something to yeah. get people's attention. And there was at one point, um, kind of in one of the longer guitar solos, right before we, where they go, oh yeah, ooh mm-hmm. yeah, boo. I jumped up on. I jumped up on the. Uh, there was this kind of. There's this kind of fountain implement, and it was right behind the bar, and it was about three feet off the ground, and there was just a ledge. But I hopped right up there, mm. and I was just started doing the wild whirlwind air uh, guitar. air guitar mm-hmm. and just belting it. And uh, people liked that. That was a, that was a good move. It's good to see people just let the inhibitions not hold them back and you just go. Yes. Well, and you got to think about the crowd. So you know, most of the people in the organization are you know between the ages of thirty and fifty. <laughs> so what music demographic is going to get all of them excited? And 
the goal it's always about everybody else not about you yeah the goal is to get everybody singing in there and I, I was talking with my girlfriend afterwards about like what would be a really good song that because I don't want to do Bohemian Rhapsody a third time you know like no it's a fun song but I would like to explore expand the repertoire you gotta have another feather and uh, there's a lot of Beatles songs that are really fun and catchy and everybody knows the words. For me, it's always trying to match the voice. So I try to hit baritone. Yeah. I try to find baritone singers because that's more of my voice. Well, and I, I don't know what it was, but I was, I was feeling it. And I did not sing out of my range. I sang an octave lower than Freddie Mercury the whole time, but just crushed everything. Yeah, which and was, you have to stay within your range. Exactly. You can't exactly. go up and try to no. finagle. No, no, I wasn't going to try to mimic him. I was like, Joe, I'm singing this song Joe like a motherfucking badass. Molson absolutely dominated the Killers. Yeah, he's that's right in his Killer, register. Yeah, the yeah. Killers was really good. It's mm-hmm. a fun song. It's upbeat. Mm-hmm. It was quite the gathering, quite the gathering indeed. And he's hitting with the takeaway message. I've been doing this new thing, cold showers in the morning. It's a terrific way to wake up. It rocks you right up. And it is to the point where I've almost blacked out. It's that cold. It's so cold. But how I start out with a normal you know, shower to get my body a little prepped and ready. So you don't go immediately into the cold shower. I'll do probably a minute of warm. And then you just crank it down and you, you do 30 seconds, 15 to 30 seconds, whatever you can kind of handle. Mm-hmm. And I usually do a pact with myself before. If I'm feeling good, I'll do 30 and 15 if I'm having a rough morning. Mm-hmm. You do not need coffee after you take a cold shower. No, you don't. And it is one of the most meditative experiences because you feel every part of your body. Mm-hmm. And you are so locked into your breath. And I actually... You, you relax your body. You just are so acutely aware of what your body you're doing with your body. Every muscle is like tense. Mm-hmm. And you can relax them. And so then you come out of the shower just feeling like great. Million bucks. You just like you. I walked out of the shower and you like want to put your hands up in Superman pose. Like you are just ready for the day. You do the Nixon double fingers when you get out of the shower. <laughs> you Nixon <laughs> you the Nixon, shower. You Nixon your bathroom. <laughs> Nixon the bathroom. Two arms up, double peace signs. Double peace signs. Just shit eating grit on your face. Shit eating grit on your face with uh, with a oversized suit that comes up so it looks like you have. Three heads. Yeah, it looks like you. Like opens up when you like. Yeah. You get the you get the nice little diamond in the center (laughs) with the flare out on the side, and then the traps, the traps that look like make you look like you're wearing spikes underneath your shoulders. If you nick some double fingers after a shower, it was a good shower. Yeah. (laughs) And then you just you come and so one thing that it also does is that it's not fun. So you no, are, you wake up and you're like, fuck, I got to take a shower. And so you already have hurdled something that's difficult. Mm-hmm. And so your day has started, you get some momentum, you wake up with momentum and you get over that first like shitty feeling. Well, and it's also a way to 
have so much more of a hard stop on the shitty waking up process that could evolve over you know the course of 30 or 45 minutes or an hour of like yep starting the engines and all of a sudden here you go you don't need shout you don't need coffee you don't need that you know hit of caffeine that some people you know, everybody talks about it. Like, oh, you didn't my coffee. You don't talk to me. Oh, oh, I hate that phrase. That's the worst thing. Gosh. It's like, well, I'm going to dump it on your head if you say that to me. Pretty much. It's like, okay, well, you have a free license to be a douche. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Here's your douche card. Yeah, yeah. You're basically just telling them, I'm gonna, I have a, I have a get out of jail free card for being a, I'm a douche. I'm a complete idiot. I'm a complete jackass. idiot. Yeah. yeah. No coffee for me. Yeah. Hey, I can't control my own behavior. Hey. <laughs> I'm not taking responsibility for how I act. <laughs> yeah, I don't need responsibility. I haven't had my coffee. I don't have a pacifier. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Oh, I haven't had gosh. my boring pacifier in the morning, so. Yeah. Mom, give me my pacifier. Mom, give me my coffee. Yeah. Hey. Oh, I hate you. Hey. I want coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, shove it. Yeah, seriously. Oh, oh, glad. Glad we all get to deal with this now. Yeah. Yeah, that's very funny. So watch out for Brenda next time she yeah. she flings that line at you. Yeah, Brenda's gonna get a she's gonna get a cold shower. Yeah. She's gonna get a golden shower. <laughs> I just completely dominated you, Brenda. Oh man. Oh yeah, Brenda better watch out. She better watch out. Here's your cold shower. Brenda. Yeah, you might need some brown underwear for that comment. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So, um, we talked a lot about flow state. Mm-hmm. Talking a lot about electronic music and flow state. And uh, you've been reading a lot about it, too, I I've suppose. I've been reading so much about it. I'm getting addicted. Because we, we performed at... In my experience in sports, this is why I go back to it, is I was at my peak performance and I did things that I didn't think I was capable of when I was in the flow state. Every game I thought of that I played really well or did all those things, you know, score touchdowns, did all the things that I didn't really think I could do, I was not really trying to Mm -hmm. do things that just Mm -hmm. happened. See, that's the interesting thing about me is I always was a little bit afraid to get into the flow state because of the ramifications of me being able to totally dominate whenever I wanted. That was that was that was terrifying for me because then I thought that people would start to depend on me much more and it would make like the expectations on me greater Mm -hmm. and I didn't have appropriate coaching or the appropriate skills or whatever to help you get into that no to get into that exactly and to say this is your team take us there you know this is what you need to do well and then and then also to be like you know I think the message that really missed on me was that like yo actually if you go to that place you have the capacity to get other people there yeah. too, mm-hmm. because yeah. I really tried my second season. Uh, I crushed my junior season of, of lacrosse. I mean, I played out of my mind, and mm-hmm. 
And in senior year, I really tried super hard to get other people involved in the game. So I didn't want to just take over and dominate like I could, like I could or, should have. or should have. And my coach really struggled with how to get me to, to, to do that. And, you know, it just didn't happen. We had a really lackluster performance in, in the end of the season. Not, no. And I knew that I probably wasn't going to play ball long term, so I had, you know, checked out to a certain degree. But I think that there there could have been a better way because looking back on it, I realized that like I wish I wish I wouldn't have been afraid of excelling that much. Mm-hmm. I have that same reservation with basketball my senior year, mm-hmm. and there were a few games which I took over, and I was doing the exact same thing that you were doing, trying to share. Yeah, I felt selfish by doing by getting in and. It's just dominating and just doing and and there were games which I did that mm-hmm. and I don't I had an absolutely terrible coach he was the worst coach ever he didn't even coach. play varsity basketball when he was in high school yeah he's my varsity like that's not he got fired coach. year after we left yeah not a, not a good coach so getting into that state I remember I had an awesome coach sophomore year who willed our team into those flow states mm-hmm. and we won every game. And just kicked ass. I think one of my favorite uh, coaching, because I had that same coach for summer ball one year, and one of my favorite experiences with him is um, I made a mistake. And when you're playing a competitive sport, making a mistake is your greatest fear because you're like, shoot, they're going to take me out because I mm-hmm. screwed up. And um, you hesitate. Yeah, you you hesitate then, and he I made a mistake, and he just yelled at me, you know that's okay, go make a play. You made a mistake, now go make a play, and that was just the thing that he kind of hammered, and it made me so motivated to actually go down and make a play. You did the same thing with our tall guy on our team. Action. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the best, most athletic kid on the court. I mean, six 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 at the time, or something, or six. He's six maybe. four and had like oh, man, huge arms. Gangly. Dunk the shit out of the ball. Yeah. Shot a three like an idiot, but like <laughs> Yeah, don't put him anywhere outside the lane. Because he will shoot it. <laughs> and he makes one out of nine and he remembers the one. But man, if that guy got pissed. He I bet he block, just cleaned up the glass. Nobody and, would touch the ball. Like yeah. they would come into the lane and he would just block the shit out of it. Yeah. That's he was unstoppable. And just like you. If you get into a mode, you're unstoppable. Yeah. I remember this; that happened to me too, and that's a really interesting. I'm glad you like said that because I think that is such a great way to coach to mistakes. Is now okay? That's fine. Just go do something. Go make up for it. Well, and that's the interesting thing about uh, as I apply that to my working life. Uh, the CEO, same guy who came up and saying uh, after me, he said to the company, "Don't be afraid to make mistakes." And, you know, I didn't think very much of that message when he gave it initially. However, over the course of the past couple weeks, it's become something I'm really terrified of because I feel like everything around me is, is like... Closing in. Punish, like mistakes mean you're out. You're done. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just really... It's tough when, like, the leader of the organization says that, but everybody else in the organization doesn't operate in that way. Well, culturally, you do, and that's one thing that I've been really fascinated by and reading and looking a lot into is culture. And if your culture doesn't 
doesn't accept risk taking, it doesn't matter what your CEO because this guy's new. Yeah, he has to change the whole organization culture. Well, the interesting thing is that he's trying to impart on a, a new culture on the organization, but what's happening is the um, parent, the parent organization's culture is seeping in, and that is what's winning the battle between like what is the culture, how is the culture going to change, mm-hmm. and we're not actually creating like a new kind of. I don't feel like the organization is going in a direction where um, it's going to be a really kind of impressive like example of how an organization takes two two opposing cultures and, and goes a, a new direction, you know, mm-hmm. versus like one fizzling and dying mm-hmm. over the other. I heard a really interesting story, and I think that's what. I've thought of, and it's it's from a guy that is invested in startups, like when it was starting to be cool. So 20 years ago, and startups were just coming to be about. And he said the reason why he got into startups is, is because they found a fighter pilot who had never, who could beat anybody in 30 seconds. One guy, fighter pilot, he beat anybody. Like in any simulation, he never lost. And they. So then he went and studied them and found out this guy just made a shitload of mistakes but corrected quicker than people made their decision. Mm. So the, he was so agile. Mm-hmm. He beat mm-hmm. any type of skill and perfectly placed um, <clears throat> shot or maneuver mm-hmm. by a bigger, better, faster mm-hmm. opponent every well, time because he was just more agile and would learn quicker. And that gets back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about like valuing agility and flexibility and ability to respond yes. or the planning. Exactly. You know? And I just think we have a lot of individuals who've emphasized the planning. And it's like the reason you're planning is because you're uncomfortable with dealing with, with, do, with you're uncomfortable with doing the work and being a person who's a part of the process of actually solving the issue. Mm-hmm. The reason you're planning is because you need to tell yourself that you're a part of what we're going to go and do. Like we understand what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. We just got to do it. Yeah, we have to do it. And has to execute. And I understand you want us to set targets and whatever, so we're hold, held accountable and, and all of those things. But it's sometimes it just really feels like when accountability for bigger organizations is lost because what they do is they create these bogus metrics which are indicators which are lagging and don't reward what really drives the business performance. I've seen that in so many instances, mostly with big hospitals that I've worked with, they reward things that drive terrible behavior. And if you can't put the proper metrics in place, yeah, planning is one thing, but it's like, you know, attacking revenue. Well, this one, you know, we heard the story last night. This guy just purchased a shitload of companies to drive revenue. Well, his compensation was directly related to the amount of revenue growth. So in order to grow revenue, he just bought smaller organizations and revenue grew like crazy. Got tons of bonuses. Tons of bonuses, but uh, really screwed the company up long term and ended up losing his job because he just was ineffective as a leader to create a real culture around those acquisitions. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting. Interesting indeed. Mm -hmm. Well, we will dissect that every week, Rob. 
Yeah, every I mean, we'll just keep it's coming back. The only thing that's on my mind, not the only thing, but one of the protruding facts on my mind with my new endeavor is how to build a culture and how to adjust. And I think, you know, this whole disruption thing, it's interesting, but like the ability to be agile is extremely exciting. Yeah. And it's, it's also a function of what industry are you in, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, let's, let's power on through here. Um, you want to talk about the uh, pharma? Yeah, we can get on a soapbox. Yeah, uh, there was a 60 Minutes episode last night about uh, McKesson basically delivering extreme volumes of hydrocodone and oxycodone to very small towns like in rural Denver that were clearly front organizations and they weren't reporting how much um, bottom, bottom line, I mean, you can go read the story. Bottom line is that the United States system is extremely corrupt. And, <laughs> it's and, as corrupt as, and this is just you think it is. Yeah. So you know, any anybody who which pills are driving our healthcare. Pills healthcare. are a big driver of healthcare costs. Think of who CVS just bought an insurance company. Yeah. CVS is a drugstore. They healthcare health insurance companies have data on every single person. The money is in these pharmacies. Well, in these, not these in drugs. The, not in the pharmacies. The money is in the the manufacturers and the distributors. Yes. The pharmacies yeah. actually get crushed in the model. But bottom line through this whole thing is is a really corrupt experience by McKesson and you the know government and the government is a big government cover up. The lobby basically government too afraid to go after a bank or excuse me uh the banking was in 2008 forgive me uh this is now mckesson in 2012 yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it always boggles my mind though that um any of this is i mean obviously it's newsworthy and extremely important to do something about but um for me i guess it's just uh it's kind of par for the course it's expected it's it's really i expect this out of I expect this out of the way that our, you know, democracy, if you want to call it that, is set up. Mm -hmm. It's it's always going to be subject to the motivations of those who have the deepest pockets, and that's just the that's just the way that the United States government is working. Mm -hmm. And we actually have the world works. Yeah, we and the FCC re repeal of. But it, yeah, but it's not necessarily the way the world works elsewhere because elsewhere people will legit just get killed. Oh yeah, like, I mean, like Russia, in, or or like you know the other. Um, I mean, there's so much uh, in particularly Southeast Asia. Any sort of oppositional candidate who starts to gain ground with the population is basically just offed. Oh yeah, I mean, they just they like a, it's whoever has military control. Well, or they have like just they have hitmen. They have hitmen who just go out and just kill them. And it's so crazy because the United States has built a system in which we basically don't have that. Um, it, it's like all it's legal. The corruption is legal almost. It's encouraged. It's, it's encouraged. It, the the fabric of the way that the institution works is 
it, it, it is our, our law entity yeah. is encouraging this behavior is encouraging this behavior and, and our, our quote unquote entity that creates and enforces yeah. is the one that's probably of the most wrong yeah that is that is the one that is being taken for the most ride mm -hmm. being taken advantage of the most mm -hmm. and it's it's really uh it's really it's really sad I guess. it's hard it's tough it's difficult to see the only thing that you can hope for is that this will become impacted there will be a it'll be cool to be in <clears throat> government again and there is a big change and just the only hope is you have it it gets impacted mm -hmm. right now the system we have is it's tough to impact it it's tough to make a change well i guess that'll be the challenge of our generation is if we hold ourselves to more um ethical or Moral, moral, st moral standards and yep. judging by the amount of Facebook crusading going on I would say we're going to but judging on the amount of Facebook crusading going on I would also say we're not going to I think you, you can again it goes back to the planning and, 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 and execution doing. phase yeah exactly <laughs> we're really good at planners of social justice it's really not necessarily like engage like engagers or doers or, or, or impacting I, I agree that raising awareness is very important. To really make an impact, there has to be a goal in mind, and there has to be a push, and there has to be change that happens. And Facebook posting is probably not a great way to make a lot of changes. I don't think it's going to have a whole lot of lasting impact on the uh, I mean, maybe the social dynamics. If anybody has any opinions, please, please send them in. We'll Facebook, um, interestingly enough, released a study that said we know that using Facebook is detrimental to an individual's health. Mm -hmm. However, the solution is not to passively use Facebook. The solution is to actively use Facebook. Did you hear about this? No. So their solution is the problem is when people mindlessly scrape through oh, the content. Oh, of course. Yeah, you have to engage. You got to totally. engage. You got to go in. You got to be paying Write attention. Write your post with passion. Yeah, exactly. That was their solution, which is pretty hilarious. Oh, that's a great way to spin that one. Everybody. Isn't that? Oh, that is God. some mastery right I there. I wonder what, how many PhDs were sitting in mind-altering experts were sitting trying to figure that out. Well, and I think it's, I think it's one of those situations where they just get people in a room and they're like, how, I mean. Group think? How do we, yeah exactly hardcore group this is think. The, this is the major group think yeah debate that I think that, yeah they're all in a room and they're just starting to like pat each other's butts and then they start mm -hmm. walking around see how can we solve this one we need a big strategic play here we know it's good for I, everybody I we know they, it really is good right yeah isn't it good it is, yeah it's yeah, the problem is when they when they're not paying attention because then they're getting anxious because they're that not really. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. They're yeah. not paying full attention to yeah. it. That happens to me if I don't pay full attention to my kids. Because then it gives me more anxiety if all of a the sudden they fall off the balcony. Oh. But if I'm intently watching them all of the time, it's so much more fulfilling. It's all attention. It's it's attention. It's not the fact that we distract the shit out of everybody. We yeah, have these yeah. little numbers that are red that pop up and you <laughs> yeah. know go. Lah, lah, lah. And then the interesting thing about that is like their business model is built on distraction, engage you with something, and then distract you with a message that will you know, that, just retard it. Anyway, we don't need to hey, beat that dead horse. Hey Facebook. Yeah, we don't need to. Facebook. 
Well, uh, our phones are actually recording this right now. Uh, I saw a Reddit, a, a, a Reddit post where a guy opened the Messenger app and then was talking with his girlfriend about cat food. And they've never had a cat, never talked about cat food. But he noticed that when he was using the Facebook app and talking about things, periodically they would pop up on his feed. Cat food stuff. So cat food started showing up on his feed. So everybody, just beware that Everybody's every listening in. device is. Yeah. And luckily, when you listen to this, you just know that we're just blabbing at you. Yeah. <laughs> this is all recorded. This, this is, is massive accountability this for is, us. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is no espionage on your behalf. You are you guys are the ones who are spying on us right now. Well, I know you're sitting in the rumpus room with us, just yeah, watching it, hanging out. Well, that's what we want. We want you to feel like you're sitting in the rumpus room, hanging out with us. So we do. That's what we want. That is our goal: is to to make friends. And we'd love to hear from everybody. If you enjoyed the episodes, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Mm-hmm. We the, probably will keep talking about it. But. The Rumpus Room Podcast at gmail.com. And um, we'll be able to hear more about that and other things next week. I'm giving you a night call tell you how I feel. Drive you through the night Down the hills